all the Gospels narrate that the women followers of Jesus witnessed his execution. But only the Gospel of John clearly identifies Jesus' mother as being among them. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. We might ponder, how does the crucifixion of Jesus look through his mother's eyes? Hard it is for us to imagine the suffering, the pain, the seeming cruelty of it all. We wear crosses around our neck as jewelry. We bless ourselves with the sign of the cross. We hang crucifixes on our walls. We've totally lost the sense of the horror of crucifixion. Imagine hanging a noose on your wall at home or putting a gold noose on a chain and wearing it around your neck. It's repulsive. So was crucifixion. And watching it all is his mother. Pilate had a sign placed over Jesus that read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. If she could read, would Mary affirm the title? Yes, Jesus of Nazareth, she could acknowledge. And a flood of memories would overwhelm her. The majority of Jesus' life, John's Gospel suggests 27 years, were all spent in Nazareth. But King of the Jews, that was the accusation labeled against her son, Never in the Gospel accounts does Jesus claim the title for himself. Staring up at a sign, she can barely read and hardly understand. Mary would only see Jesus, my son, a victim. When Jesus saw his mother, and the disciple whom he loved standing near, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. The encounter between Jesus and his mother is heartbreaking and tender. But one of the more unsettling aspects of the presentation of the mother of Jesus in John's Gospel is the evangelist never uses her name. When she asked Jesus to intervene at the wedding feast of Cana, Jesus responds, Oh woman, what have you to do with me? My hour has not come. Now at the cross, Jesus again calls her 
woman. I can only imagine what my mother would have done if I addressed her as woman. Noted biblical scholar Father Raymond Brown proposed that this was Jesus' polite term for addressing women. Whatever Jesus' intent, we are struck at the distance the word creates. He does not use a term of endearment or of personal relationships. Rather, Jesus approaches woman. And by doing so, Jesus has opened up the possibility for all women, and I would argue for men as well, to find their place in this encounter. Those who stand on the verge of absolute grief, seemingly unredeemable suffering, and facing an uncertain and frightening future, are themselves standing as woman and man at the foot of the cross. Behold your son. Jesus is not being self-referential. He is giving his mother a new son. And to this disciple whom Jesus loved, he is giving a new mother. New relationships are born from the experience of grief. Mary does not cease to be mother at the death of her son, Jesus. But she must now learn to be mother and woman in a new way. After Jesus' death, all our gospel accounts are silent about Mary. She will be numbered among the disciples in the upper room in Acts chapter 1. But of her immediate whereabouts in those days after his death, we hear nothing. We may imagine that the beloved disciple cared for her. But as we view Jesus' death through her eyes, we should remember that this side of Easter, Mary could not have anticipated the resurrection. To bequeath to the mother of Jesus a cognition of God's ultimate plan is to rob her of her mourning. The woman at the foot of the cross is truly grieving. How do we even attempt to enter into this scene? With what part do we identify? The pain of the son dying on the cross or his anguish at seeing his mother's own grief? As a parent, are we overwhelmed by our child's suffering? What about the beloved disciple 
the only disciple who remains with Jesus even to his death. Are we blessed or burdened by the trust given us by Jesus, the care of his mother? And all of this must break the heart of God. Because it's not just his son who suffers. It is also Mary, God's faithful servant. Mary, Theotokos, God-bearer, who now must bear a godly grief. Sure, God knows the end of the story. Easter is coming. But foresight doesn't dismiss the real pain of suffering now in real time. And in that moment, we see through God's eyes. We see that all grief and suffering break the heart of God. The anguish of Syrian mothers cradling their starving children. The devastation of people whose homes and livelihoods are lost to natural disasters. The cry of earth drowned out by false science and naysayers. The God who chose incarnation does not stand outside our humanity, but intimately kneels with us at the altar of our grief. <laughs>